Hello, and thank you for joining us on a new episode of Why Theory. I mean, I suppose it'll be very quickly be old, but it's a, it's a, it's an episode of Why Theory. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Todd McGowan. Todd, how are you? Hi, Ryan. Good to talk to you. Yes, it's good to talk to you, too, my friend. Uh, so today, this is a... Um, I mean, should we let the cat out of the bag about this being another listener-suggested uh, sure, episode? Sure, sure. It was a listener-suggested episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, about uh, crime and uh, punishment, and uh, trying to talk about the the issue of uh, you know crime and punishment in a uh, psychoanalytic way, and not the I don't know maybe the Foucauldian uh, uh, domination uh, that that th- these terms have, uh, largely due to uh, his work, discipline and punish. So what we're going to affect in this podcast is a psychoanalytic rewrite of uh the terms of, of discipline and punish is that that sound that makes sense i think that sounds like a good a good goal it's a good we'll goal see if we can get there we'll yeah. see if we can get there and hopefully unfortunately that's his best book i think so yeah. i think we're gonna fall short of making this our best podcast oh. i mean it won't be the equal of discipline and punish but we'll, we'll try probably not but i mean i think yeah. beautiful failure is still beautiful so yeah. <laughs> we're gonna start with um i think we're gonna start by talking about uh, surveillance and surveillance. Um, it's th- actually the first word of the title of his book because it's surveiller, which is surveillance in, in to survey in French. But right, it doesn't. It gets lost in translation, I guess. Oh, which is oh, like I mean, a, a great. I mean, I, didn't, I don't think I knew that. Uh, so that's that's perfect. Uh, so um, the surveillance in even in the. I think in mistranslating uh, Foucault's title of the book, um, I think we actually get at the core of what's, I think, interesting to both of us with surveillance is how easy it is to disavow it. Like it's yeah. dis- it's disavowed yeah. from the title. And I think it's it's quite easy to um, to disavow in uh, regular uh, life. And so um, part of the reason, I think, is because the uh, discourse, to use a Foucaultian term, around surveillance is... Um, boring i mean i don't know if there's another word for it it's it's or stayed maybe uh, uh i don't know well it's like the dis i think it's like the discourse around gun control right like yeah. there's a two clear oppositions and they both it seems like a stale kind of opposition and there's you either hold one position or the other and then there's really nothing to talk about yeah right? you yeah so the and the two positions would be that like you are on the side of the fourth amendment i think that like the the justification against surveillance coming from like the law itself which is maybe something interesting to to talk about but um yeah so it, it's either a uh a, a fourth amendment um uh like pro um it, you know right to privacy sort of thing um, or it is a pro national security thing. And, right. uh, those are the, those are the two sides. And what we want to talk about is how, uh, surveillance, uh, functions as an eroticization of the law or like an erotics of the law. And, um, just like to briefly, I think Homeland, uh, the television series in the first season does an excellent job of showing how the the surveillance gaze or the you know the the surveilling gaze whichever word you want to put in front of it is um always already a gaze of love and there is like there is an erotic to it is uh, you know carrie matheson is spying on a, a pow who's recently come back from uh from, she works for the CIA. Yeah, she works for the CIA and mm-hmm. spying on uh, Brody, who has come back from uh, b- being presumed killed in action. And she just thinks that in Iraq, th- in Iraq yeah, she just yeah. thinks that there is something off about him. And she installs uh, cameras in his home to catch him 
uh, being uh, turned because she was told this before or after post 9-11, right? That a, that an American agent has been turned or something like that. Like an American, American soldier has been turned, has yeah. been turned. And she yeah. thinks it's this guy. And as she surveils him, she doesn't so much find the inf- information she's looking for as much as she falls in love with him. And yeah, that's great. That ends someone up, should write about that. Really, someone right? should, I mean, such, uh, someone yeah, should write about that. And, yeah. uh, and maybe a edited collection called, uh, Ken philosophy <laughs> love. Uh, maybe someone should do that. So, yeah. um, this so Homeland season one shows like uh, like really nicely how um, spying like this like the look stays, is a look of love the look right? is a look of love always yeah. you know yeah. like like no one uh, I mean to to not be crass about it but like no one's more turned on by the 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 specter of of Arab terrorists than Trump and all of his various generals uh, that he has placed in in different. Um, uh, you know, reaches of the American government. Like no, no one is more, uh, in love with this, uh, with this specter of, uh, terroristic violence than, uh, the people who are spying on them. Like it's just that, that, that is, I think a very, um, basic point that I I think it's easy to see Homeland shows this really well, but I think it, it offers like a, um, I don't know, a structure that is, available for us to see in how surveillance plays out in daily life. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think it's interesting, isn't it, that it's tied to a kind of exhibitionism on the other side, right? Yeah. The look is love from the, or desiring look from the, from the, on the part of the surveyor. It's, mm-hmm. there's this, there's this like massive exhibitionism that's produced on the other side. And I, it's interesting that we focus or so much focus is on, state surveillance yeah. when in fact the far greater surveillance that we all are subjected to is 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 corporate surveillance yeah right yeah. like that yeah. it seems like that gets totally i mean it gets brought up occasionally but it's why aren't there any wikileaks dumps about you know google and and, and private companies yeah, yeah. snapchat well, i mean like right it seems like much more and i think people there's like such a profound kind of exhibitionism in these areas and i think it's Part of, it's interesting why that is, and I think it's part of it is because that look is seen as neutral. The mm. look of the, the look of Facebook or the look of Snapchat or yeah. the look it's just seen it's like my friends. It's not yeah. it's not a desire like the desire is repressed mm-hmm. in that case, I think. Although it's cl- it's so clearly evident too. But I I think that's at work in this whole like erotics of, of surveillance, right? Like yeah. that the the one look is seen as is seen as like the, the it's like the state look is seen as erotic in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Like that because it's there's a kind of I don't want to be seen in that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you like well, actually, you know, it's funny to um I, I I didn't think about this until right now, but the um one of like the more emphatic kinds of uh uh like ways that state surveillance has been talked about is the idea of people working at the NSA uh, watching people masturbate through um the uh, webcams that are basically in everyone's computer now. And so like that, that's like a big, that's a big thing. Like, like everybody, like everybody knows about this or like, or like looking at like dick pics that have been sent from one person to another. Like John Oliver talked about this on a, on a famous episode of last week's tonight from a few years ago. And it like, like that, 
the government it like the government is getting some sort of um, so I think everyone understands uh, on a basic level that the government gets some kind of illicit pleasure like like out yeah. of out of surveillance but it's not it's not the state only like that's always the the or primarily or primarily or primarily yeah, I mean that seems better. to me to be the key like <laughs> yeah. and I think that's sort of the measure of how far we're uh, sort of drowning in capitalist ideology in that so far as we see the state as the primary surveyor and not mm-hmm. the corporation you mm-hmm. know, like that seems to be when if the if you had to like st- calculate it it's far more on the corporate side so I think that yeah. and you know which is again like and again I don't I think the the sort of the the understanding of the erotic nature of it is much more there on the side. Even the, the fact that Homeland could be made. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, sure. they, they didn't make a thing about, you know, Steve Jobs or whoever, like, surveying, you know, like, someone at Apple yeah. and then falling in love with them. So, right, it, it, right. you know, it's much more, like, I think we're much more able to see that with the state gaze than or the state look than we are with the, with the, the, the private corporate one. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and this gets back to the term that we're going to try to weave in and out and look at, uh, you know, in, in its uh, different valences, uh, it's enjoyment in that, you know, which we've talked about before, um, which we feel like we always talk about, but we will maybe too much, maybe too much, (laughs) but we'll stop talking about it when everybody else starts talking about it, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Is the, is is the deal, um, that we were joking before that once, once the whole Kavanaugh, Blasey Ford hearing was analyzed in terms of enjoyment, which my God, it should have been because yeah. that's seemed to be all they were talking about. Um, especially her when she said, "What I really remember most of all, I thought this was a great point, was yeah. their their laugh, their enjoyment." Yeah. The, yeah. Anyway, when the people when that gets analyzed on CNN in terms of enjoyment, then we'll that'll be the last time we ever say the word enjoyment. Right. Right. Because that's the it, it is um, disavowed in terms of talking about power. It's like so much easier for people to talk about these things, all these terms: surveillance, crime, punishment. In terms of power, it's what Foucault does um, in, instead of enjoyment. And like when you make that shift, you can see the way that these uh, terms work, the way that they are, you know, mobilized and operational in society in a, in a completely different way. And I think it's one that um, like I think the, the fantasy of thinking things in terms of power is that you can change that structure. Like if you put and it's I think it, it, it ends up being very democratic, like if you can just change the people in power, then you have altered power. Right. But right. the, I mean, that's just well, I, power is also under your conscious control. Right? Yeah, like that's, right. that seems to be a big thing, right? Like, like enjoyment is like, you don't even, it, it, it takes you, you don't take yeah. it and power, you take power. Right. Right. I mean, and that, yeah. yeah, right. And that comes right from Foucault who uh, disavows an unconscious throughout his entire system. So he can't, uh, you know, he, he, it, 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 it's, it's not, um, it's not something that that could. Uh, it's not kosher for the way that he he thinks about um, uh, power to to uh, and, and discipline of pun- and punishment. To no, I think that's right, and yeah. I also think that it's true that falling from what you said, I don't think if you don't. I think if you don't believe in the unconscious and you reduce everything to power, you can't have a theory of ideology. You know, mm-hmm. because yeah. if there's no unconscious, then how, how, no no one would consciously say I want to be duped. Right? Yeah, like the right. whole point is that you have to be duped because the unconscious is operative in mm. some way. But this is the, I mean, but don't you think that that's one of the, I mean, from Foucault even, it, it, it I, I think it's maybe the, um, 
most pressing fantasy because if there is if there is no unconscious and everyone is like i mean and like i mean let's just like a very basic unconscious definition is that you you know you don't always do things for the reasons you think you do them mm-hmm. uh but it, so if you get rid of that and everybody always does things for for uh like for logical reasons like you can just i think i i think i phrased it this way before you can play whack-a-mole politics and you can change the way like you can change the constellation of politics that way because everyone is aware of what they're doing and if you just made people or maybe they're not aware and if you just make them aware and they can see how horrible they are they would change and yeah i think i don't think foucault brings believes in universal awareness at all but yeah. i do so i i think that i think that would be going too far but i do think you're right to say it's interesting how um like you brought up this politics that are particular when I think like he kind of invents the idea of micro, both micro power and, and micro struggle. Yeah, against, that's great. You know? Yeah. You know, so I think there is, that's definitely, that's definitely a through line of this kind of turn away from the universal and, and also turn away from the unconscious. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't think, I don't, I think you're right to say that he, effectively denies the unconscious, but I don't think he would say that. Like, I don't think he would say that at all, I th- but I think, you, I think yeah. he would uh, because of, you think he would? I, I do because of, um, yeah, because of the, the late, the late work because of the, um, courage, uh, the courage of truth and the, like, and some of the things that get that are collected in hermeneutics of the subject. And, um, so the whole idea of like self, the self molding yes. of the subject. Yeah. Yes. The ethical living, the, the only way, I mean, I've written about this before. So, uh, uh, the, the only way that his system makes sense of, of like, like self care and like ethical living is if, you always do things for the reasons that you think you do them. Like if you decide to move toward, if you just, if you make the decision to move toward self care, like you're doing it and it, and like they're like, he has to, he can't allow, I I think he can't allow a threat from the inside. The threat has to be on the outside. That's an interesting point. And I, I think, I think that's tied to this idea of surveillance and why, we feel like surveillance is a problem, right? Because mm. we envision it. Like I actually think in the end, I don't feel like it's a problem almost at all. Mm. Like I think it's, I think we obviously shouldn't disavow it, which I think is what happens most of the time. Right, right. But I also don't think we should think it's a problem where I have this external threat, this external enemy that's surveying me. Mm-hmm. And I have this internal private treasure that I don't want the external enemy to survey and get. Right. Right. Like, I think that's a, that, that seems to me to be a wrong way of thinking about how things are structured. The and panopticon, that, right? Like, that's yeah, it's the, a yeah. panopticon, right? Yeah. And I think, I feel like, uh, being surveyed, it can be freeing in the, just as much as it can be trapping, right? Like mm-hmm. it can, it can be, because if you, and I think what's fascinating to me is how many films don't do this. Like <laughs> if you know you're surveyed, yeah, why don't you just mislead the people who are surveying you <laughs> because you know you're being watched, you know? Like, yeah. like <laughs> if you're on the run and you know they're tracking your cell phone, you could just even say, or whatever, you could, you could give your cell phone to someone else and they could go somewhere or you could put, you could say, all right, oh, don't tell anyone I'll meet you in Hawaii. And then you're really going to Maine. Right. right like, right. you know, but they, why like, are you I telling me thinking, you're going to Hawaii when you're going to Hawaii? Well, <laughs> I know that's the problem. That's like what, yeah. no one has yeah. read interpretation yeah. of dreams. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I was, I just made a short list of the films that don't. So enemy of the state, yeah. which is all about state surveillance. Mm-hmm. He, he just, when he finds out he's bugged all over, he just destroys all the bugs. Right. Right. Just idiotic. Okay. Right. 
Um, midnight run, Robert De Niro realizes that, that someone's tracking what he's doing and he just, and it's, it's really easy because he's talking to the guy on the phone mm-hmm. and he could just lie as he's talking to him and say, <laughs> I'm going somewhere else and he'd be totally free. And he just, and he says, he says, I know that you're telling the FBI what I'm doing. Your phone is bugged. Right. Um, Three day, even these great seventies films like Three Days of the Condor, All the President's Men, mm-hmm. they none of them use the fact that they're being watched to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And I find, and I was just trying to think, the the, the films that do it best are heist films, mm. right? Oh. Like, doesn't and, like and like you talk about Inception, the, <laughs> right? Inception, <laughs> but isn't is the locus classicus of this not Inside Man? Yeah, like like they know they even know the people in the bank that they've taken hostage are looking at them. Yeah. And thus they change their comportment to them. <laughs> like everything is about the fact that they're being seen. Mm. But even Ocean's Eleven, I think, does that to some extent, right? Like the, the, they use the fact that, right, they're, that being they're being trailed. Yeah. To, yeah. to make the, the fake... Uh, to make breaking. the fake thing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. I, so I feel like that's a key, such a key thing that so few that only heist films seem to be able to do, which is ironic because there, you know, there's other ideological problems with that. Well, but isn't, I, I suppose, but I mean, I think this, this is to your point, which is that, um, the idea, the, the idea that one is oppressed under surveillance, uh, is ideological and rampant. Yes. The idea that yeah. un, under the surveilling gaze, it allows one freedom, which is like, that's, that's why I, that's why it's in the heist films. Like they're act they're actively trying to get something, right? Like they're 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 the there there is a point, there is a goal. So like they they again, as you say, they use it to their advantage. Like, um, it's I suppose it's it's only in that kind of context. I think it sh- it shows how ideological the other side is, right? I mean, like that. That's to your point. What do you mean by the other side? The I'm sorry, the other side being that it, the the gaze is always oppressive and you cannot do anything. Oh yeah 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 yeah. 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 No, I think, I think that's right. But I, I, you know, I think the heist film is a great genre and I never thought of that aspect of it as Mm. part of what it's greatness. But I think that is like, there's some way in which that becomes evident in the heist film that it doesn't become evident in other, in these other kind of conspiracy thrillers where you Mm -hmm. would think, oh my God, just, you're just, you're begging them to just lie while they're being surveyed so that they can mislead the people surveying them, but they mm. never do it, you know? Well, it's like the, like, so the... Like Grisham films are all like that too. They never, they never, like Pelican Brief, whatever, mm. they never take advantage of, you know, or they'll, all the, the most that they'll do is like wear a disguise. Yeah, sure. Like Julia Roberts is wearing short hair on Pelican. Well, that's not, the, <laughs> that's not taking, <laughs> that's like hiding from... Right. That's hiding from the surveying gaze, mm. right? It's not taking advantage of the fact that you're being looked at. Isn't the issue that the it's just taken as fact that the oppressive gaze um, disallows the radical act? Is, Absolutely, is, that's the, right. that's like the, the basic assumption, and that's I mean that is I think that's straight from Foucault, who who because I mean that's what he tries to do with self care is to come up with some idea in his system of the radical act because it kind of disallows it with the way that he talks about power, um, like throughout his you know entire career but that's the um that that's the like that's like the repressed um reality is 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 the notion that um one can cause a a one can cause a rupture one can one can uh, uh act through radicality under the 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 gaze of uh, of state Absolutely. surveillance 
I think no, that's absolutely. Just cut I think, out. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a great point, and I think, you know, uh, I'm I'm almost tempted to say that that surveying look is the is generative of mm. like radical break the mm. possibility of radical break. You know, like it's not precisely because it gives you it kind of gives you cover, right? Mm. Like it, like the and I think this is and. It, the great Lacanian example of this is the per, the story his analysis of purloined letter right you can the only the only place you can really hide is in to the only radical place you can hide mm-hmm. is in plain sight right like that's the yeah. that's because that's the point at which and I think this is maybe the, the it's kind of Marxian point almost it's the point at which the system Hegeliano Marxist point, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, it's the point at which the system undermines itself, right? Like that point in the open that's hidden is, yeah. the, is the point at the self undermining of the system, mm. of the structure. Yeah. No, that's excellent. Anyway, so I, yeah. yeah, so I feel like, I feel like that's like surveillance kind of gets this. It's on the one hand, it's fetishistically disavowed. On the other yeah. hand, it gets this kind of bad rap as this thing <laughs> that, as this thing we're so, we dread, and and yet I think it's the thing that can be, you know, if you understand how it's operative, then you can you can you can use it rather than just being the being a pure victim of it. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, would you say? I mean, I know we want to move on to our other terms, but um, like, it is possible to look at like any of the great um, like political revolutions and to as being like against surveillance as being like against this like what what one would uh under a Foucauldian system say as like an oppressive uh state you know like power like apparatus like the revolution is always like it's always against that i mean and i mean that i mean does that not just show the um the the radical potential like in it like because that's the that's the I mean that that is the basic problem is that like one state surveillance has like the, I think this is this is what what people think in like a very 1984 sort of way is that like once state surveillance becomes sufficiently complicated and like imminent then um free thought and free action is impossible when it is the opposite like it's not yeah. it's not the underwriting condition for it uh, like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was it's like state surveillance yeah, that would be going too far that's going too far yeah, yeah that yeah. that it's the condition of possibility for it but it is. Um, it it allows space to act. Uh, I, I think. Right. Like, no, like I think that's true. I think yeah. it's true. So I think that's one of the many mistakes of 1984. Yeah. Right. Like that. The like it's interesting. Why? I mean, it seems to me like why do people hold that book up so mm. much as a as a political guide? Well, it's because it's very simple for one thing. But the other thing is it presents it. It doesn't it analyze everything in terms of like clear power structures right. and also clear things where the enemy is external, right? Like yeah. Big Brother is yeah. a clearly external enemy. Mm. And if you think like Brave New World is the greater book, right? It's mm-hmm. because the enemy is sort of internal, not just this external. Mm. And I th- yeah, so I think that's I think that's and really good. And I think, you p- know, putting a bow just to put a bow on the section. Yeah, put the bow. Um the when people do go to 1984, what they miss is that book announces itself. I think Orwell missed this about his own book. That book announces itself as being about love. That's the, that's the last line. He loved big brother. Like why oh, else wow. would that book end that way? Right. Yeah. You, you know, like the, in, in people miss it completely. They look only at the power and the, and, and the structure like that. And they miss that that book is 
telling you, I think, again, I think Orwell missed it, is telling you about how love is uh, uh, necessary to, like, enable that kind of state surveillance to succeed. It has to be this, like, disavowed love. So Yeah, no, I really yeah. like that. And I, I think, just to add one slight point to that, that yeah. I think that in certain sense, doesn't Winston betray Julia, Julia, Julia for big brother at the end, mm. right? And so, mm-hmm. the like, he has to betray his other love because romantic, like, love relationship actually in that, in that novel has a real political valence to it. Yeah. Like it's a kind of, it's a form of resistance. And I, so I think what it like actual, like the, the trauma of actual love, Mm -hmm. unlike capitalist romance, which is not traumatic at all and which fits Mm -hmm. perfectly within the, the capitalist structure, the, the, the trauma of love actually has a kind of political effect Mm -hmm. that is threatening to, to the, the, you know, dominance of big brother and its control over, over, subjects right yeah oh yes absolutely and i I mean i think it's a i mean this marks a great uh transition i mean do you think that punishment makes more sense to go into uh instead of sure crime yeah yeah Yeah. so punishment is about i think a radical desubjectivizing of the criminal um and is there a way in which that can be like overturned like either theoretically or practically or like because that that seems to be like even like you don't want to have punishment well no no what what i mean is is like i think that the um the pro like sort of like I'm, I'm, what i'm trying to do this is what i'm trying to do okay i'm trying to find a way to um like marry like a pro like prison reform movement with what you and I are trying to do sort of theoretically, because where I think they are aligned is thinking the subject, thinking the criminal as a, as a subject and not like, you know, like in, you know, in America, we like the, the, no, yeah, we, the take away the right to vote of the criminal, because when they come out of jail, they have debts that they have to pay, like to, to be allowed to vote, which is, crazy again like the debt to society that they pay is not going to jail the debt to society is after they come out that you know yeah, like it's yeah that right. has to be it's thought horrific of. it's right, horrific right, so right, so right. yeah so it yeah so how do you how do we think the 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 subject of punishment i guess i think maybe well that's yeah i don't know i mean that's a that's a really really good question i do th- first of all i think part of what's at work in punishment is the limitation of the subject's capacity to enjoy, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what confinement or all these things mean. And that's why the worst confinement is, is solitary confinement where you mm-hmm. you have no access to any form of enjoyment whatsoever and you're just stuck with your bare existence, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this attempt. What, what is it? I think it's an attempt to, to strip you down to your purest, to, to, yeah. to your purest form of enjoyment. And, and, which is horrific, yeah. right? It's horrific. So you don't have anything to get you away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that. Uh, I do want to let me. I, let me move it the other way and answer. Try to yeah, come yeah, at yeah. The question no, in the other direction. Yeah. So, so I do think. How does prison function? Mm-hmm. Like, in, like I think, isn't it function? So Freud had this idea, and I think this, I, I love this idea that for the neurotic subject, fantasy was like a that the, the neurotic subject, and this was the what neurosis was, was mm-hmm. to keep fantasy as a kind of reservation or a nature preserve apart from the rest of their psychic life, right? Mm-hmm. So so I I have 
So, okay, I have this fantasy about whatever is my disgusting fantasy I have. And, and I, 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 I keep it and I don't, but I don't think about it when I relate to other people. When I just think sure. about it when I come home and, and, uh, masturbate okay so that's the <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that i don't know how i, <laughs> I know I, I i why did i say that when the cops come looking for <laughs> that's what you'll be <laughs> doing said, masturbate over the air you know friend. i think about i think about in fargo when william h macy is caught in his underwear um yeah at the end like the um it's a lot it's that scene is um a little it's it maybe even a little bit funnier and a little bit darker to think of like that's what he was doing before he was caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really good. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's why he had to get rid of his wife so he could freely masturbate. Right, so he could freely masturbate uh, at motels yeah. across America. Yes. Yeah. Um but I so I so that and I think doesn't prison function in the same way for us. And I think that's why, so it's the separate reservation where we keep all our obscene enjoyment mm-hmm. and all the figures of, that represent it to us. Mm-hmm. We keep it isolated and we don't have anything to do with it. And like, we don't know anything about, like you have to really, really work to find out what goes on in prison, mm. who's, you mm-hmm. know, like what the, what the structure, you know, like it's a really hard there's a real strict separation. I think it functions as kind of nature preserve, mm. like a national, like we have prisons and we have national parks yeah. and there, there are all these like places where we keep our, our like, okay, the national park, maybe, well, maybe so like our obscene enjoyment. Right. And, and I feel like that to, maybe the key to like, whatever prison reform or something or changing the way prison life functions in the prison Mm -hmm. is to change that relationship. Like Mm. to, to not to allow the prison to kind of spill over into society more like to not. And that would entail like not saying once you get out of prison, you're a second class citizen, but instead to say, and I think this is really important. Like this idea, like you paid your debt to society. I don't necessarily like the idea of debt and that, but like this idea that you've, you're, you come out with a clean slate. And I yeah. think that's, you know, like you've said to me earlier, the problem with Louis C.K. and any kind of comeback he yeah. wants to do, hopefully by the time people are listening to this, he won't have already made his yeah, comeback. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> which is likely, not likely, but possible. Yeah. Um, that you said, and this is a great point, you said, well, the problem is he didn't go to jail. And like yeah. if he went to jail and came back, everyone's, I mean, people are like still, people are still like, oh, that was bad what he did. Yeah. But they at least have a sense that like something has been, has been his, something has been repaired. And I think that the great, you also gave this example to me of, it's a great point about Michael Vick, the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, who Mm -hmm. basically ran a dog slaughtering thing. It's interesting though. I, I find it a little, everyone's so, Vick goes to jail, everyone's so upset and that they eat meat. And like that, I find that really, really shocking. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, you know, fine. <laughs> like what you're doing to the animals is just as bad as what Michael Vick is doing. So I don't see how there's so much outrage, but yeah, okay. well, this it, is not an episode on vegetarianism. On veg- so, no, no, that yeah. I will, uh, we can do, we can record that episode. I uh, may turn my mic off for that one. You'll have to turn it. Yeah, it might just be you. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but. Anyway, my point is mm-hmm. that you made a great. I like this idea. Maybe you want to talk about it. Sure. Is that there's a, so such a difference between Vic and CK or whatever you call him? Yeah. Um, because the one went to jail, and so yeah. I think that kind of there's a difference in that. Like there's a that there's a sense of like the crime has been, if not eradicated, at least um, 
justified or, or made kind of like the 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 stain of it has been has been you know wiped up or something like yeah that. well it's it's just like you know without actual uh punishment like fr- from the law then what ends up happening is people think well we need to punish that person and the way well, the form that that takes is it's like well I'm not going to see, you know, movies that uh, were produced with this company because they had some sort of tie with this person. Or I'm going to get rid of my uh, DVDs of Seasons of Louis. I'm not going to watch House of Cards uh, because of uh, because of Spacey. And what ends up happening with that, which is like kind of funny it, with like with the Spacey example in House of Cards, is that that show is being done and he's not a part of it anymore. So if you don't watch it anymore, you're actually punishing everyone except Kevin Spacey for that. Right. And this is the kind of intellectual poverty of thinking that way about like like when the courts fail or when the law fails, it's like, well, it's up to everyone to be like a good like liberal progressive citizen to inoculate our enjoyment of media and our consumption of it, uh, to have it be free of contradiction. And that is just a, uh, it's a bad response because it basically allows the criminal to go unpunished for their crime because you are holding them responsible in the court of, uh, society when they should be held responsible in the court of law. Like it's like he did these things and like Louis CK, you know, masturbate in front of women. He should go to jail. Kevin Spacey should go to jail. Weinstein should go to jail. And it's, and then, you know, if such time that like other people want to give Harvey Weinstein the chance to run a company again, like I have like misgivings about it, but I like, I, you know, I can see a path back i guess i mean i don't know he's pretty old i think his jail sentence would be a life sentence sentence, any sentence is a life sentence sure right yeah Yeah. probably probably a bad example from from those three but like the michael vick one stands out because he did come back he played football and now he's a big advocate for animal rights and it seems like real change happened and it's a problem with like you know the the prison system in the united states is it's based on retribution it's not based on rehabilitation right. i think everybody understands yeah. that you know and so like if you've changed it to that other um axis of emphasis then you know it, it would change society i think it would alter these um i don't know i i, I would think it would even it would uh make ma- make it so that the crimes would happen less because i don't think that I don't think that like being really vigilant about not watching Kevin Spacey movies is going to stop sexual harassment. I think Kevin Spacey going to jail stops sexual harassment or, you know, uh, uh, sexual assault, sexual assault. Right. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, no, it's okay. I, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, although there is some, and I, I actually, I totally agree with you, but I do think, I, I think you're right to say that that kind of, uh, that, that sort of individual boycott of things is a liberal solution. I think you're definitely right about that. But isn't there... It's liberal personal responsibility. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, you're right, you're right. But I do think, isn't there something about... And I think this has nothing... This has to do... This is like maybe when punishment fails, mm-hmm. legal, legal punishment fails. Right. Like, not boycotting, but like putting the person in total societal ignominy. Like, isn't yeah. there something about that, like, in other words, so, like, forcing them to undergo a social, sui- a symbolic suicide. Sure. Like, 
isn't there's something about that that's even worse than going yeah. to jail? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? No, like, I, I, like I, I almost, I would almost contend that Spacey's in that situation, and it's because our greatest crime is child molestation, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's our great today. That's our greatest mm-hmm. crime, and it, I mean, it wasn't 50 years ago, which is sort of interesting mm. why that is, but. Um, but that, so he committed, and he didn't get, the fact that he didn't go to jail, I think, makes his ostracism, mm-hmm. like, you couldn't even admit to being friends with Spacey today. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. so I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you that the law has to intervene and that people can't, through this kind of personal responsibility, boycotting, can't do it. But I do think there is a mechanism for when the law fails. Yeah. But then, of course, the person can't be redeemed, which is your entire point. Right, like right, the, right. So, like, on the one hand, right, that, that's the thing, right? Like, on the one hand, everybody, and it, I don't think that, I, I don't think that this is, like, um, hypocritical, but I think on the one hand, people who want prison reform want it to be about, like, redemption, okay, and, like, a chance to come back. But then these, I think quite often the same people in the cases of like, you know, Spacey and Louis C.K. don't want to like ever see them again. And right. and I think that like where there is like I don't I, I absolutely don't want to say the truth is, is in the middle because it like rarely is uh, if ever. Um, but where there is like the important uh, ground there is that they need to go to jail and then mm. then, you know, otherwise, uh I just think that it's too much to ask, like it's too much to ask people to like, like actively and like, like with, um, a, like a rigorous comb to like, to vet all of the things that they like because the justice system has failed yeah. to put someone yeah, no, in I agree. like I that, totally agree. like that's the, that's, that's the problem. Like it, it's not that like, you know what, I'm not trying to say that like, you know, I think everyone should freely watch the things that Louis CK did because like, I don't cause I, he built his career, like his career resurgence is basically on being a feminist comedian and he's raising two daughters and he's going to do that to women, you know, like it, yeah. like I really don't want to be a part of that kind of thing, but it's just that I, the kind of social um the social imprisoning of someone like like legally forgives that person and it takes the burden off of the law and that's exactly where the burden should be in those cases and i don't think that it's 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 coincidental that michael vick a black man went to jail He's black i know I, yeah i know you know i, know. It, I was gonna say that yeah, yeah. No, i think it's absolutely for for what seems like a lesser like his crime was i'm sorry I'm vegetarian, so whatever. But yeah. it, it was to animals, right? Like yeah. <laughs> the other crime was to people. Yeah. So like, have a sense of proportion. I mean, so you right. know, and the and the the you know, so yeah. So I I I totally I totally agree with that, and I I do feel like it does. So to come back again to your point about the the situation in prison, though, which yeah. makes the whole problem difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the idea of like uh, prison as a kind of like. Or punishment as a way of kind of as a necessary portal through which yeah. you can re-enter the symbolic structure. Like mm-hmm. the, the, I think it seems to me the one of the main problems is that way that every kind of all of our societies, the, our worst fantasies, are realized in the prison. Right? Yeah, like especially the fantasy of race. My God, that seems to be mm-hmm. like you basically have to join a racial racist gang structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to survive in prison mm-hmm. and it's all like explicit like you just only like it's this thing that's in in polite society is 
is true but repressed, but in the prison it all becomes explicit and people and people love it like that's like i mean msnbc running the like lockup raw you know shows oh. about like prison life i mean like that's people like that like people people who i mean i think this is probably i think this is a reasonable uh sweeping uh, statement to make which <laughs> is that people who would be uh you know intolerant uh to pick a word on purpose of uh racism in society love racism in prison like it, yeah. it, it or or in love being like get a great deal of enjoyment that like prison is this tribal place and that's another thing like you know one of the 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 ways in which uh contemporary politics in the united states is being talked about and i think like in in europe and in other places is through this lens of uh tribalism and which i think is uh, I hate that. So I hate it a lot because it means that there, because it's another way, it's a way for like smart people to avoid thinking that what they are saying is that there is no truth. And that's the thing that I keep coming back to is that like, right. if like when you talk about tribalism, you, you accept that like there are only local and tribal and small truths. There's no bigger truth. It's not like, uh, Kavanaugh being, or you a, could say something like there are no facts, only interpretations, only interpretations. Right. right. Yeah. It's like, like, right. like Kavanaugh being, uh, a, a Supreme court justice is a problem for Democrats. No, it's a problem for fucking everybody, you know, like, like yeah. that it, it, because like if the if the idea is that like the law is supposed to be upheld and the law is like some like like objective and thought of philosophically and meant to be applied like neutrally like i mean the supreme court is going to be my god like they're going to be activist and and uh, and conservative uh like not leaning but enforcing you know like like so anyway so the but the the myth of uh of of tribalism like gets concretized in prison and you can really see it and then you get people who say that like prison is is a reflection of of society. And I don't think that's true, but I do think it is a reflection of societal desires. And there right. is a desire. The societal fantasy. Exactly. Yeah, there is. Yeah, exactly. There is a fantasy to see race and there is a fantasy for things to be tribal because then you actually aren't beholden to a larger truth that maybe cuts against your own interest. And yeah, I, it's, it's absolutely to me, I think that's the big thing. No, I absolutely agree. Like, I think that the, it's funny, like the tribal, tribal analysis says, okay, there are two sides like left and right, sure. but it's the, the tribal analysis itself is a right wing analysis. Yeah, like, exactly. To see exactly. the fight as a fight between two particulars, this is exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And not between like universality and particularism, which mm-hmm. is how a leftist analysis would see it like one yeah. side is fighting for the universal. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's n- represented by neither of the parties. Like they might be both <laughs> this other thing, mm. but, and the other side is particularist. Like it's saying like, I'm again, and I think this whole question about prison is, is per- precisely this particularist. Like it's become dominated by like prison is dominated by the logic of the particular, right? Mm, like mm-hmm. it is yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I think you're absolutely right to say that is the fantasy. Like that is the mm-hmm. fantasy that we are just these particulars fighting it out. And so then we don't have to worry about. Yeah. There's nothing universality. larger. Yeah. There's nothing larger. And and mm-hmm. it's, and I think what disappears and maybe we can use this as a bridge to talk about crime because mm-hmm. I think what disappears then is, is the universality of law. Mm. You know, I, I don't think universal, I don't think law is neutral, but it mm. is universal, right? right like it right, is, right. it does say like your particular divide, 
like it has to it has to subs- it, it's it fits in within the structure of the universal it's not this it's not just like those two things are separate mm-hmm. from universality right so mm-hmm. i think that's the and i think that's why crime can be like it it ha- it can be reconciled mm-hmm. and thus the criminal can sort of reemerge in society because it can be reconciled <laughs> with universality like that seems to me to be what what the ideal of punishment is. And I think that's what, you know, this relationship about crime and, and, you know, and, and about law is a relationship about universal and a relationship of universal in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it, when you have a, like, you know, a nominalist, a particularist, uh, uh, justice system, then, uh, you don't have a, logic of crime that um benefits society you have one that is uh it's just it's punitive and it is uh you know like i think one of the right th- and yeah, isn't well, that yeah, the way sorry to just yeah. interrupt no, 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 I thought it's a great example of this like the way the death penalty is is utilized in the united states mm. is that it's seen as the revenge of for the family murdered for the, for the family for yeah. families of the victim their yeah. revenge and they come they all want to go which i find just sort of totally obscene mm-hmm. like they want to go to the execution and people i don't know they do this so much but they used to stand outside the the death house and like and 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 cheer yeah you know? that's what by the way my dad was a conservative republican and totally for the death penalty and then this guy ted bundy i don't know if you remember oh, him yeah. he was like a serial killer yeah and uh, when he got executed and all these people cheered, my dad was like, he came to me. He's like, my God, I, I just, I can't be on the side of those people. So mm. it, it's interesting that he it had was to come only to Jesus moment. That's pretty good. F- because of the enjoyment <laughs> yeah. of the, of the, he like that, the obscenity of that enjoyment mm. just, it got him in a way that, you know, and I, so I think that that's how, but we picture crime and punishment as or punishment as retribution right mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. and that totally de-universalizes it and i think yeah. you're exactly right about that yeah no that's yeah so that's a that's a great example the that's a better example than one i than i than i was going to or but i i think is worth uh, talking about here which is the um uh the difference bet- like the different uh law that um immigrants are undocumented or, or just immigrants who are in the process of becoming uh US citizens or undocumented immigrants who are still being given jobs by US citizens like the right. the difference in the like the the law for them is um i mean it's it's obscene and offensive and repugnant but it it, it, it like to see it along the line of enjoyment is uh very very important because you see why continues to to um to persist like i mean i think like people are i mean we've talked about this for in different ways but like um liberals tend to be like aghast that like these kinds of uh abuses can happen like don't don't people see logically like what's going on but like you need to like think about it what like how the, the the right refers to uh to immigrants as illegals and here's the like here's the thing so obviously a person cannot be illegal i think everybody understands this but the when someone's I wouldn't put it that way. You, I would not put it that way. You no, I would put. I would. I would do it the other way. Which is, I would say everyone is illegal. Everyone is illegal. Yeah, that's a better way of putting yeah. it. I yeah. would just I'm like. I think that because I think the only, there's no universality in right. Well, that, no, yeah. This is what I was gonna. Well, this is what I was gonna say. Okay, I God, sorry. Say, I just. No, 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 no. It's okay. No, it's a, <laughs> no. It's a. It's a great. It's a great challenge to that. I mean, that is like a liberal rallying cry, right? Which is like no one can be illegal. But it's yeah. when someone is a criminal, then they get put into what should be, as, as you were saying, like 
a uh, a system of law that should be universal. That's the difference between right, right like a criminal and an illegal, like a criminal has representation, uh, a yeah. legal representation. Yeah. A criminal yeah. gets to 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 see their 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 accuser. Um, yeah. a quote, I like the way. Yeah, a quote. Yeah, and illegal does you know does not. And the, there's the the enjoyment like is there is like you don't even get to be a part of the fairness of our justice system, yeah. which I mean it is not fair. But anyway, you were going to say something. No, I love that point, Ryan. I think like it explains so much the insistence on the term illegal alien, right? Yeah. Like, because illegal means they're not within, they're not even within the law, right? right? Like, yeah. that's the, I think that's key. And I do think you're really right to say that it's the, like, what what is criminality mm-hmm. is forms of enjoyment. Yeah. Right? Like, that's forms of enjoyment. That's why I think that the... That's why victimless, what, what so-called victimless oh, yeah. crimes are are, mm-hmm. are punished, right? Because they are yeah, forms list them. Of Victi- victimless crimes. They're, so they're victimless all forms crimes. Of dr- so yeah. so so I think drug use for sure. Right. Um, prostitution. Eh, maybe it's not so victimless, <laughs> but not. it's thought of one. But it's yeah. thought of as that way. Yeah. Um, gambling, I think, is illegal some places still. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so this, and I, you know, maybe they're not victim, like they're self-victimizing crimes, yeah. right? Like suicide would be a victim. Let's crime. Do right? you know, it's a, I, this is going to break probably your train of thought, but there's a really famous, uh, Simpsons joke. Um, it like, I, I forget the setup, but one of the characters says it's a victimless crime, like punching someone in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is is really funny because it's dark and there's just not a person there, right? You know, it's like such a great logic. Um, That's great, but it's still. I mean, I think it's still about that. Still about enjoyment, right? Like that's. I mean, even that joke. uh, Yeah, no, and I. But I do think that that's. You know, it it ties in so nicely with the idea that the prison is this reserve or preserve, you know, preserve of enjoyment, Mm. and then criminality is these forms of enjoyment. And that's why I think the, the, the immigrant figure Mm -hmm. is so important because they, and they, they're sort of immediately aligned with criminality. Right. By Trump, by especially right now. And I think not just in the United States, all over the world. Um, Like they're already getting away with something like, right. Yeah. They're they're already because, right. But, but it's because what they're getting away with is bringing this other form of enjoyment into proximity with us. Yeah. Right. And I, but I, but of course, I mean, I think the greatest, I mean, I think psychoanalysis is the perfect, like has the perfect response to that, which is our enjoyment originally is, and this is going to be, a lot of people will maybe object to this, but I think sure. it's true that our enjoyment is the enjoyment of the other. Like, yeah. and I think it's interesting because some people say, no, I was just reading a book by um, Mari Rudy who said this, and I, it's a great book. It's called Ethics of Opting Out. Mm. And her, she claims that it, when we enjoy, we're closed in on ourselves totally. Okay. And I, I just don't think that's true. I think actually you can't enjoy unless you're totally open. Like your your enjoyment is just you're finding the source of that in the other. Like mm. you like in yourself, you don't have anything. You mm. don't have any way to enjoy. And I think you find it in the other. And I think, um, you know, I think so. I think that's the. It seems to me like that's the that's the ultimate argument against like keeping immigrants out is that. By keeping them, by keeping their enjoyment out, the 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 state is keeping its own, or the nation is keeping its own enjoyment out. Mm. Well, yeah, because you'd have to, I mean, you, you'd have to re, uh, I don't know, reposition 
enjoyment, right? Like, I mean, like there, like there has to, for there to be, for there to be a, um, an, an enjoyment of the inside, there has to be an outside. And I mean, maybe, I mean, that I'm not trying to make the same point that Mari Rudy is making, but that, that seems to be the, like how, um, I think the conscious thought of, of yeah, no, I of think you're would, right. That, yeah. That could marry her, what she's saying with what I'm saying. Okay. Right. Like, yeah, yeah I think that would like, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's a conscious, like, so the you consciously, consciously think enjoyed, you're turning in. Exactly. You consciously think you're enjoying the inside, but like really what it is, is you're enjoying the, you're enjoying the other, the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. You know, I think just because I think when you're enjoying, you're most open, right? Like you're, mm. and, and so I think that's what, so there's something kind of about criminality that exposes you mm. just like, like, you know, like the ultimate form of enjoyment, like orgasm, right? Like, aren't you totally exposed? It's not like you're <laughs> like on one hand, right? You're folded in. All you care about is your, like, no one is orgasming thinking like, I'm, how can I stop world hunger? Right? right. Like they're not, but on the other hand, you're also like totally exposed and vulnerable. That's why I think the mo- some of the, like you know, Brecht has this great, great line where he says, "Everyone's going to think all I talk about is masturbating, <laughs> <Like, laughs> compulsive <laughs> masturbation." But Brecht has this Brecht has this Bertolt Brecht has this great line where he says, "the the most the most the the greatest connection you can have with another person is not simultaneous orgasm; it's masturbating in front of the hmm. other person." And I thought I always have been struck by that, and thought, yeah, that's really. For one thing, there's a theoretical problem with simultaneous orgasm and and the <laughs> sexual relationship. That's your, right? favorite, your line, yeah. <laughs> my my favorite joke yeah. is going to be my line now. Yeah. Also, I think um, we, I think it needs to be. Uh, uh, I think it need, given that we talked about Louis C.K., I think we need to say that uh, Brecht is, um, I believe, I'm sure, implying a consensual. Oh, it's mutual. <laughs> my God, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Not no, just consensual, yeah. but mutual. Like yeah. his idea yeah. was first one in his his idea was first one in front of the other, and then the then other. The other in front, you know, yeah. so as a kind of of like substitute for simultaneous. Orgasm. I'm going to give you so, a non uh, uh, masturbation. Well, I mean, thank you. Yeah, like yeah. physically, but uh, maybe um, theoretically. Uh, example of the, uh, you're saying that like enjoyment is when you're most open. I um I don't want to I don't want to uh, completely admit to this, so I'm going to just put a little bit of distance here. Someone just say it was your friend. <laughs> someone I know, so a friend of mine. Um, has not been able to figure out how the recycling works in the town that he moved to oh, well over a year ago and has been taking his recycling to the old place that he lived, the apartment complex. Uh, wow. This is a crime. It's called public dumping. And <laughs> this person I know, uh, it's his favorite thing to do every two weeks. And when he's doing it, he quite often waves to other people to acknowledge so that like to, to like like further ensconce himself in this activity. Uh, and, and that is the obscene enjoyment of this person. I know yeah, of uh, the crime. frequently. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, um, and it does, isn't that, isn't that a problem with all legalization programs? Oh right? yeah. Like, about this before. you know, yeah. like I feel like, I feel like, of course, I'm for. I'm actually for total. I mean, it's a tough question, actually. Um, for, but I'm. I think I'm for total drug legalization. legalization. For certainly for not not just decriminalization, but legalization. Legalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm for all. But I, I think so too. But I mean, I, some are dicey. I think, and I don't know. I don't know what I think. But I do think it's wrong to think that that's a that that will in, eliminate the obscenity of this, like this 
this obscene criminal underside. Like mm-hmm. if you legalize prostitution, you legalize gambling, you legalize all drugs. It seems like that's the direction things are going. Mm-hmm. But I think if that as a kind of reform and a, an attempt to l- eliminate this criminal obscenity, this criminal obscene underworld, this netherworld that accompanies yeah. the illicit world. And I think, yeah, the problem is that that, you know, so, the question is, is that obscenity content or mm-hmm. is it form? Right? Yeah. And, and I think it's form. I mean, clearly it has a content, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's that form that uh, something else will fill in that position if, you know, if it's, if it, if, if, if the drugs and prostitution are taken, are taken up, you know, are yeah. totally legal. Well, doesn't well, for it, one thing, doesn't yeah. it move? Well, I think, I, I think the, um, the, the comment might be to like, where does the, the criminality becomes, uh, like it becomes legitimized and it becomes right. structural now mm-hmm. and it becomes capitalist, right? Like that, that's where maybe that's where the criminality right. moves to. Right. It's not like you don't have, and maybe that's actually the, the, the driving force behind it is that like, you, you don't want to have, um, the, Oh, I don't know, like this, like fantasy, like ethnic other drug Lord running things, but you actually want, uh, you know, it's actually should be someone like Trump. Or one of Trump's well, sons or, or, running or that business. Or one of the nice right? guys, like Bill Gates. Bill Let's Gates, have Bill Gates doing it. the heroin, right? Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I these, mean, no, but, yeah. these right, rich people because, who take advantage of everybody all the time. Yeah. Right, but they're supposedly ethical subjects, right? Like right. they give money for AIDS research, blah, 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 right? Like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that. Tim Cook should point. be in charge of uh, <laughs> the prostitution <laughs> rings, right? Like that's. <laughs> Yeah, fascinating. And, yeah, and would and then he would have them uh, mine for cobalt uh, in in between, right? Like that's what he would do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's really good. Um, so, so I feel like I feel like that's really. I mean, the 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 emptiness of the form, like the mm-hmm. formal power of that. And I think you're right that if it was legalized, then we just have capitalism itself would just become more and more obscene. It's already a totally obscene. Right. But like the, 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 the ordinary world would just sort of take on that obscenity. But I also, part of me also thinks mm-hmm. something else would just occupy the netherworld. Okay. Like, yeah. like, I don't know, maybe you don't think this, but like, I'm thinking of this, this great scene in, in, uh, Louis Bunel's, uh, Fantôme de la Liberté, the Phantom of Liberty, mm-hmm. where, um, there's there this um, babysitter takes these kids to a park and there's this guy comes with a big overcoat and he shows these kids a bunch of postcards and mm. you don't see them as a spectator and you just assume, and then and then the the the, oh. the nanny looking at them like got kids let's we got to get out of here and she like runs away from the guy and and then the parents fire the nanny mm. when they get back because they hear it, they look at the pictures and they're and then and then you see the pictures and what they are are like. Uh, Different, like the Taj Mahal, the Eiffel Tower. They're all these monuments, <laughs> so they're not, they're not like naked pictures or right. anything like. The, the, so, so some, it's like a something fills in that formal position, mm. regardless of what the content of it is. You know, it's interesting. So maybe that's wrong. I no, mean, maybe I, there's some. Yeah, I mean, there's something to the sexual content, right? Like, yeah. it's not, it's not a surprise that it's drug. It's like these things of obscene. But maybe something else would be thought to provide obscene enjoyment. That's the thing, right? Yeah. I think that, I wonder if it would actually, um, so I'm thinking about how, so one of the other things we talked about pre-show was um, uh, Lenny Bruce uh, famously going to uh, to trial for um, breaking uh, obscenity laws 
uh, by because he said the word he said was, uh, you know what? We're on a podcast and there's an explicit sign so I can say it. The word is cocksucker. He said cocksucker. And yeah. that um, this is why you said fuck earlier, by the way. You just didn't know you said it. Yeah. But you know what? I always put these things e uh, explicit yeah. to co- yeah. cover myself yeah. in case I do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. so, uh, yeah, so he so he said he said that word and, and, and he went to trial for it. And so like because that was um you know, we, the United States had a obscenity law. It was like obscenity and pornography were prohibited under the law, like under like kind of the same thing. And then there was a change in the court. Uh, and then, th- uh, these things were, um, seen as being protected under the first amendment. Um, right. What's interesting now, I actually think so that pornography and, uh, obscenity are still seen as a threat to a, a, like a just and functioning, like good society, but it is just in uh, like in their new form. Like, so I think now, um, you know, uh, like now just like pornography literally, but also, uh, you, you want to think about some of the things that the conservative right brings up, like, you know, uh, violent video games, uh, or, you know, or films like movies, like this was maybe more of a thing in the eighties and nineties. And is now it's usually video games that bears video the games, brunt of yeah. the violent media thing. Yeah. Um, and it's all like, it's still, I, I think that you're right that like the, the form of that, that objection to this as obscenity has continued. It's just what is obscenity has, uh, has changed. changed. So yeah. I don't, so I think that you're, I think you're probably right. I don't know what would be like, so I don't won't there be, there'll be a new black market, right? Like, yeah. Like, or, I don't know what would be the new video drugs, games but something. something, right? Yeah. Yeah. There'd be new drugs. Right. There'd be new, like something would, I think like, and even if it's not literally drugs, it would like, we would have to see that like that, uh, something would, something would take its place and uh, as being like, like, the, the same like political uh, uh, energy uh, is going toward this in the way that it went toward um, drugs and, and prostitution and gambling. Right. I mean, the need for that obscene position, like it's, it's to me, it's a, the greatest evidence for it is the, the vaping trend, right? Oh, now, sure. Right? Like, yeah. Like it's not, so smoking was never illegal. It was illegal for kids under whatever, 18, but yeah. it was never illegal, but it, it occupied this position where, it was like this obscene thing that you could do, but it was slightly frowned upon, but mm-hmm. you could do it. And so, so the, then that got shown to like be totally fatal. And so we had to come mm-hmm. up with another, people had to come up with another little obscene thing. That's kind of, you know, a little bit bad for you, but mm-hmm. it's not going to, it's not going to kill you immediately. <laughs> um, you know, and that, isn't that the thing, right? Yeah, like, it, yeah. like the danger of a, other drugs is that they're going to kill you sooner right yeah. like that's the and i mean it is true I, I, it's interesting because the law functions through the guise of the body mm-hmm. and health when it's really enjoyment that it's policing it's not like the the law mm-hmm. doesn't care about your bodily health but that's part of the illusion that's one of the ideological illusions right that mm-hmm. that law is there for the sake of your health when it's really there for for the sake of like policing certain forms of enjoyment. Mm. And so I think that's a, that's why the drug, you know, that's why the, we, you know, that's why certain things that are unhealthy when they're made illegal, it makes it seem all the more that, Oh wait, the law is just rational. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's just rationally protecting my health. But when it really it's what it's protecting is, or, or, or protecting everyone from certain forms of enjoyment. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's true. I think, um, and 
you know, oh, there's something that I said to you, the, the, the danger also, um, for the, I think for the left is in, I don't, I'm not, not enjoying too much because that's what enjoyment is, but like the, um, uh, example I gave to you before when we were playing this episode is that like nobody enjoys that women have the right to vote. Uh, right. right. Like, right. It's not a, it's not a site of enjoyment, it, it, you know, right. any longer. And like, and this is the thing is that the, you lose the energy and like the verve and the force behind something when it's like actually accomplished. And so institutionalized, institutionalized. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, and then it, it sort of bec- it becomes part of the situation and it's, it's just yeah. like, it's not something that you enjoy. And so what, one of the, I think, uh, more offensive forms of enjoyment that, that, that I see is, uh, is the like social media enjoyment. And the, this kind of goes back to some of the stuff we talked about earlier is that in like judging, uh, other people uh, cr- creating like, like social rules for like how someone must en- enjoy and where they must get their, you know, their things from. Like when the famous, I think it was in Philadelphia when there was the uh, woman who uh, manager at a Starbucks who called the police on two black customers, um, yeah. you know, the, for a while it was like, like socially again on social media, it was not, you should not have Starbucks because Starbucks is like a racist company, or whatever the woman was fired. Right. They have a day for racial sensitivity, you know, and, and whatever. And so then did you find that funny? I found that funny. I, well, what I knew was that something like what has actually happened, what happened, which was that okay, a, it was that. announced, uh, that, well, there were findings that, that Starbucks found that some of their beans are coming from, uh, plantations that actually employ slavery like <laughs> real slavery i don't know if you heard about this but i did not hear about you it. you did no. not hear about okay so yeah. but you heard about the um oh, of course you heard about yeah, the the, the yeah. manager being racist but you didn't yeah. hear about hear the about, about the, them getting their 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 beans from slavery and their <laughs> response was that they would be looking into the certification of this of this company it wasn't like we're gonna take immediate action it wasn't right. like we're gonna stop getting it's just well, we're going to look into it. Right. And it's like, so the, the enjoyment that came from, uh, like not, like not going to Starbucks or judging other people for going Starbucks in this moment where they were, um, you know, as a company, like seen as like, uh, uh institutionally racist there, like that enjoyment, I guess is not in seeing, forms of abuse and capital like they're like because right. it's too right. regular and so that's the that's the thing is that like i don't know I, i'm not maybe not sure how to tie this back to the um the women's no, suffrage I think it's, but it's but it's like it, you want to when something i suppose when something is institutional it's impossible to to find enjoyment in it and the danger is in missing the uh like the the capacity to like to to change the, the, the institutional, uh, like the ways in which things work. Like, I, I don't know. Is that, does that make sense? Or where, where, yeah, we're... that makes a lot of sense. I, I totally agree with that. I think that there is, there's this incredible power through, you know, to, to break and change, uh, the institutional structure. But I do, I also think, you know, like th- that example that you gave about Starbucks shows mm-hmm. the way in which, and this was a point you made earlier, the way in which criminality is is actually sort of inserted into the 
capitalist system, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it more and more, I think this is true. I think, you know, oftentimes people say it's worse now than it ever has been. And that's just, you know, this illusion of perspective. But I, mm-hmm. I do think more and more capitalism, uh, like the the barrier between criminality, illicit capitalism, and illicit is breaking down because yeah. of this pressure to violate the law. Like I, I feel like that most people think if you're not corrupt and you're criminal, then you're not trying hard enough to accumulate. You know, like yeah. I think that's the what's that what's that line? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Is that you the, ain't trying hard yeah. enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel like that has become the ethos. Mm-hmm. which is, of course, the abandonment of any ethos, mm-hmm. the ethos of contemporary capital. And so I feel like that's like that's so evident in that Starbucks story because they're, you know, like the for one thing, it's happening far away. Yes. And they're and but but like having like they need to correct the racist customers or customer <laughs> racist uh, <laughs> That was no, funny. That, so the that ra- works. That's a great slip. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the the racist uh, what do they call barista? Because yeah. that's a that's a barrier to the accumulation of capital, but right. the the exploitation of the of workers labor <laughs> yeah. workers. The, the I mean, of course, it's the surplus surplus exploitation right, because right, right. whatever they're always doing it. But um, mm. that is essential to the accumulation yeah. of capital. Yeah. So there's no way that's going to be corrected. And so I think that's the one thing that kind of maybe we should end on is that the, yeah. there's a certain kind of criminality inserted into the capitalist structure that can never be. And so in, some, in that sense, like these, I hate these kind of films, but in television series about the criminal, like Godfather and sure, sure. Sopranos, because I feel like they're all just like a celebration of capital, but mm-hmm. disguised as like a critique of criminality. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, but but I I plus I feel like Godfather two destroyed people's ability to see the greatest one of the greatest films ever made. So the conversation made yeah by the same yeah. guy in the same year. Um, I but I I do think that that you know like that f- focus on the criminal like misses. It's a way of not seeing the way in which capital itself is 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 criminal. Mm, mm, yeah, right. And I, I think that's the that is the uh the big term that ties I think the everything back, which is like the first thing we talked about was the way that state surveillance is the problem, but corporate surveillance is the way things work. You know, it's it's a it's a it's objective. It's yeah, neutral. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, yeah, um and yeah. it's not a it's not a problem. Uh yeah. and that is you know it it is interesting how under how under capitalism, like what crimes there are for like, you know, you and I and versus like the crimes that there are for corporations, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those, um, like, I think like sometimes like, uh, like, you know, like there, there's naive popular wisdom is like, is quite true and worth like, like, uh, you know, holding onto, which is like, you know, if, if you, you and I, uh, stole, uh, you know, like a, you know, 20 bucks from a cash register, like, you know, we would go, we would go to jail, but if we stole 20 million from everybody, uh, we would be, uh, protected and we Protect, would be, absolutely. and we yeah. could become president. Uh, absolutely. so, you know, and, and, and I think that, that it's, uh, I think it's true. And I think it's the thing that is the, um, you know, worth, uh, focusing on when uh, having conversation about surveillance, crime, punishment. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. And it's it, also the glue that holds us all together. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> Our good. investment in that thing. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd.